Death Do Us Part. Hello and welcome to Death Do Us Part. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And we have a special guest with us today. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, yes, I'm Dr. Jane. I'm a psychologist and I specialize in criminal behavior. And thank you for joining us today. So today will be a little bit different. Uh, we're going to have some professional commentary instead of our usual anecdotal commentary that uh, Laura and I have on our podcast. Um, and our, our special guest, Dr. Jane, as she introduced herself, uh, she has a true crime podcast called Why Killers Kill. Uh, so welcome. And you can find her podcast anywhere podcasts are available. Um, and of course, you can find her on Instagram at, uh, at why.killers.kill. Dot podcast. So why killers kill po- podcast with a bunch of dots in between, right? <laughs> or, per- or periods. Uh, now, Dr. Jane is a highly trained and experienced psychologist. Uh, she's practiced in the UK for over 15 years. She has developed treatment programs for both victims and those responsible for committing crimes. She's worked with those involved in sex crimes, um, fraudsters, and even those convicted of murder. Uh, so she's truly an expert and we're very happy to have you here. Thank you very much. So um, usually what we do is we kick it off with complaining about some of our um, pet peeves, maybe something that's happened in the last week that's really just grinding our gears in the moment. Um, So we thought we would let you start out with if you have any um, just, you know, relationship pet peeves that are top of mind for you right now. Okay, yes. So this is very significant because... um, Recently, my my husband, who's currently building a shed in the back garden, so he, he knows where he should be, is, uh, he's, he's taken to, um, when he's had a cup of tea, he'll just leave the tea bag in the cup rather than taking it out and putting it in the bin or something. And that is infuriating in itself because it's very slovenly, but particularly infuriating when you go to put the mug in the dishwasher oh, and you're my. constant then having to fish around and pull a tray out and get down into the, the horrible dirty bits to get a tea bag out. And early on, we, we covered uh, coffee um, as one of the pet peeve topics. And I forget what we did for uh, our, our research on that one, but we, we had a case where, um, was it a woman poisoning a man slowly? It was, um, the one I did was a woman who, like, put a surveillance camera up because she was... That's right. um, concerned and she realized that her husband was poisoning her morning coffee and he was putting um i think it was like a sleeping pill kind of in it so she would drink her coffee and then it would knock her out in the car on her way to work yeah he was trying to have her fall asleep at the wheel and have a car accident yeah yeah and she caught him on tape which was a crazy case yeah gosh yes so don't do that it was a case no, no, no. There was a case some time ago. I, I looked. I tried to look it up recently, actually, but I think it's pre-internet, where um, somebody in an office was slowly poisoning somebody else with um, uh, Tipex. I don't know what you'd call it. You know, sort of like correction fluid. Mm-hmm. Oh, like white out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh boy. It was yes, and and they kind of. I think they almost kind of got away with it because i think they tried to say it was a joke or something like that but oh, they, they were slowly 
poisoning this person that obviously, you know, kept leaving, you know, using the last of the milk or yeah. you know, leaving their teaspoon unwashed on the draining board. <laughs> well, that's true. Pet peeves can exist between uh, co-workers as well. Um, they certainly can, yeah. But we typically focus on those who are married or in a relationship with a significant other. Um, so I'll turn it over to you and if you want to add any commentary around like the early stages of marriage, uh, maybe some stressors or, or even early signs to look for that you should just not be getting married. Yeah, well, often early stages of marriage, you know, it's literally called the honeymoon period for that reason, because we overlook all those little peeves. We're so in love and we're so happy and we overlook, you know, the tea bag left in the cup or the inability to chew properly or put the toilet seat <laughs> down or change the toilet roll. That's another famous one, isn't it? You yeah. leave one little oh, sheet yeah. left. Yeah. Or, or which way to when put get... the toilet roll? Does it go over? Oh, absolutely. Does it go yeah, under? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel, goes like over, I, was, right? I feel like I'm the only person who doesn't care. Oh, yeah. I literally don't care. Like, <laughs> as long as I can get toilet paper off of it, like, we're fine. <laughs> I have to admit, in, in our house, everybody, even though, you know, we're a family of five, and everybody has their own toothpaste. Because, oh, interesting. Like, I got so fed up of being the person that would have to squeeze it all from the bottom, yep. get it all up to the top, and somebody else would just go, oh, right, there we go, I'm, I'm done. So everybody now has their own toothpaste. That, so that's one of my wife's. Whatever you like. That's one of those logical things that somebody, there's someone out in the world who has, like, as soon as you do a search, there's someone who has killed someone over a tube of toothpaste, and yep. that's what the practical <laughs> advice they need is just exactly. everybody gets their own toothpaste. And that's that's yeah. one of my wife's pet peeves early on. I would squeeze the toothpaste from the middle of the tube, and there's this big yeah. gap. She's like, I can't handle that. You have to stop. So now I, I'll squeeze it from the end so I don't get murdered. We actually have, a, we have a slidey thing that you put on the bottom, so you just scoot it up because I got so tired of rolling it and oh, all yeah, of that. Yeah. So we have before. a... We, we literally yeah. bought a device. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, a lot of a lot of pet peeves. But, yeah, no, it's it's interesting because I think sort of like once, once you get into a relationship and the, you know, vagaries and the, the pressures of finance or, you know, domestic duties, that's often, I think, a real, real crux point for relationships. Like, who's going to put the rubbish out today? Who's, yeah. who's going to, you know, wash the sink, hoover the stairs or whatever it is. It all becomes, and what happens is people become so resentful, so incredibly resentful about the other person seemingly not doing it. But yeah, yeah, I think they probably think, yeah, I could murder you, literally. Yep, yep, exactly, exactly. You know, I, I know we probably all have that situation where you might be vacuuming or something and you're you know sweating away as you're vacuuming and you're thinking of all the other things you could be doing like interesting podcasts or something like that and then somebody will just lift their feet so you can vacuum under it and yeah at that point yeah it's it's a wonder they don't get the bank vacuum cord wrapped around their neck <laughs> <laughs> that's the tipping point i think when you enter a relationship or a marriage each individual person has their own expectations right and so it's it's making sure those expectations meet like who's going to take out the rubbish bin or who's going to do the vacuuming. Because if one person yeah, thinks it, it the other is going to do it, it's going to create a bit of inequality. It, it does. It's, it's not so much meeting expectations, it's managing expectations. That's a, that's yes. a good point. Yep. The biggest one is like my level of cleanliness, like what I think is clean and then what my husband thinks is clean are on like 
two separate planets. He'll like run a dust cloth with like one hand while he's like twirling in a circle and be like, I dusted. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, (laughs) what? (laughs) That's not dusted. Like dusted is you sit there and you wipe off every single inch of whatever it is you're dusting. So. But I I think it's amazing your level of what is accepted. I I totally, totally agree with you. But I think what's amazing is your level of what will be accepted significantly reduces when you have teenage children i feel like it significantly reduces the second you have any kids our couch used to be like pristine all the time and now there's just like (laughs) pillows everywhere and like all the cushions are kind of smushed half over and i'm like i'm not gonna pick it up for the 87th time because i know it's just gonna happen again so i guess this is just what the couch looks like now and and we have a household of five as you do we have twin five-year-olds and one uh our youngest son, who's one and a half. So yeah. Oh, wow. Well. Yeah, our level of acceptability has dropped <laughs> it's dramatically. It's greatly increased. <laughs> yeah, and don't be under the misillusion that as they get older, it gets better. <laughs> it just gets worse in different ways. <laughs> and yeah, and to just warn you, the shoes get bigger. So the ones that are left all over the place just become enormous. <laughs> I've got three <laughs> fellas in this house who have all got size uh, 12 feet. Oh boy! Yeah, some big shoes. So big let's, shoes uh, that are just left all over. All right, so we've covered forty something uh, different topics of pet peeves, and 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 I looked through the list of our our podcasts, and and as as your podcast, Why Killers Kill, I thought we could get some uh, insights from you uh, onto some of these topics. So uh, yeah, go what's, on. what's our Far first away. one there, Laura? Sure. So the first one is um, control. This is something I think we talk about a lot. Um, blaming the other person, um, insulting them, diminishing their self-worth. A lot of times there's people who are like their significant other tries to limit their actions or like who they get to hang out with or talk to. Um so just what is your take on control and like having independence in a relationship and how this can trigger events that could lead to murder? Okay, it's a really important point because this happens unbelievable amounts of time in sometimes subtle and not so subtle ways. And it, I, I, I've dealt with so many different patients over the years that, that this has happened to. And and sometimes they don't even know it's happening. And it's often, it, it's the goal of the control is often to, um, you know, it, it's done in all sorts of ways, but, you know, one of the, the ways to do it, I'm thinking of somebody I'm, I'm dealing with at the moment, and they, they're being isolated all the time. This is really um, a common factor because if you right. have your family, your social, your work people taken away from you, then you have no point of reference or anybody to tell you that what's what's happening to you is wrong. And control is basically down to one person wanting to control another because they feel that they will be the victim if they're not in control. And that is often born out um, out of their previous experiences. Um, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about a situation I, I dealt with with um, a youngster when I used to work in a, a secure unit many years ago. And he, he, was a, he was an okay lad, he was fine, but his, his dad was, was the reason that he was there. So he'd been particularly awful to him um, for, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And then it turned out, so I always say, oh, let's just go back a generation and have a look at you know where your dad's come from. So we did a little family tree, et cetera, et cetera. 
And it turned out that his dad was the youngest of um, 11 children, no multiple births, who had all been born in 10 years. Wow. And Man. It, or was it, in, I can't remember, it was one way around or the other. It was either 10 children in 11 years or 11 children in 10 years. One way around, but still a shed load of children. And when, can you imagine being the youngest of 10, say we'll take the lowest, can you imagine that? And he used to say that his dad was really beaten up and abused and this was sort of like a real East End family and they were, you know, as rough as they came. And they would just take it out on him. So, of course, then his dad carries that through with him, not right. to be yeah. the victim yeah. ever in his life. Right. And then he exerts all this control that he's learned by other people, by seeing other people, but also that it has a significance as well. So, yeah, it's, it's I know I've kind of got into families there, but it's not so dissimilar when it comes to relationships as well. Right. You want to control because you fear by not being in control, you will be the victim of whatever, of being ignored, of somebody else, of, you know, it, it's all sorts of things. Yeah, I think we see that in a lot of these cases where there's some significant trauma of some sort, whether it's it's a moment in time or uh, something drawn out over their, their young adult or childhood. Um, mm. Yeah, a lot, a lot of times that's a very common factor we, we see when we cover these these sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 I agree, I agree with you totally. Yeah, it's always... You know, you need to look at the past to kind of acknowledge that and find out what's going on. And sometimes it's not even your past because you're the person presenting yourself as depressed or anxious or traumatized. And you need to go back a, a, a generation or so or, you know, or quite often if there are relationship difficulties that somebody's experiencing, I'll try and get their, you know, the person that I'm seeing, I'll try and get their take on, say, their in-laws, what, what's going on there. And it's always... A, a usual nest of vipers as, as a rule that's that's a good point oh that's good good to get a real perspective on that and like we're both analysts in our professional career with oh, okay. with like marketing information and, and market research but uh the human mind's different than business numbers so <laughs> the way we view things is probably different than the way you view things in your training so it's good yeah 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 color. but it but it's interesting, you know, analysis is analysis. Obviously, I, I have the slightly more complex computer to work with, but mm -hmm. it's, it, it's, it's still the, the same thing. If you've, got, if you've got an analytical mind, then you'll be thinking all the time, all right, okay, how does that influence that? What's the bit back there that's, you know, impinging on this at the, at the time? So it's much the, it's much the same thing. And, it's, it's, you know, unless somebody is an out-and-out, -out, you know, psychopath or sociopath, it's going to kind of... You know, it's usually something back there that we mm -hmm. have to do a bit of digging around with. But so, it, it's quite interesting. It's very few that I've had people that have come along that they, there have been a few that they just don't want to do that. And it's just about the here and now. And they, they object to kind of looking at anything in the past and mm -hmm. you never get anywhere with them, as you can imagine. And speaking of the, the here and now, uh, our next category we kind of put together was uh, the little things. Um, things that, mm -hmm. that it almost seems like they snap in the moment um, over something like not putting the toilet seat down or leaving dirty laundry all over the house or dirty lawnmower socks on your kitchen table, Laura, as your husband did. Oh, God, how dare he? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it was so gross. But but I think that it's not just like the one and it's not the one sock the one time. Right, it's right. when you see that sock, it represents all 
12,000 socks you've already picked up and then you just see like a whole entire future full of dirty lawnmower socks on all of your tables. <laughs> so how do you view, uh, Dr. Jane, uh, th- those circumstances where uh, it could be like a repeat occurrence of this yeah. um, this behavior that just gnaws at someone's uh, very being and eventually they just just break versus someone who yeah. who doesn't break or they might say I'm not going to handle this I'm going to get a divorce versus someone who's like yeah. that's it you don't deserve to have life anymore yeah 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 it's it's it I think you have to you have to look at it from from your perspective and yeah if somebody's leaving their filthy socks all over a table or they're leaving the toilet seat up and you think actually you've got to do something about that you can ask, but then there might be, you know, people have got divorced on the grounds of what considered, you know, we have irre- irreconcilable differences here in the UK. Mm-hmm. And that could be anything. That could be absolutely anything. I must tell you about a, a couple that I dealt with many years ago. This was when I was doing my training and I was working with some older adults. Mm-hmm. And there was this very elderly couple, very, very elderly couple. And they had to move into a care home because they could no longer look after each other. And the facilities, they didn't, at that time, they didn't have a, a room that they could share. So they, oh, you know, yeah. the gentleman had to go to one room and the lady had to go to the other. And apparently the people would go up to the guy and say, we're, we're working on it. We're going to try and get you a room with your wife. You know, they were nearly 100. This couple were nearly 100 at the time. And they, they said, oh, no, you know, we're working our hardest to get a room. And it was only when they went to see the wife that um, she actually turned around and said, I have been waiting nearly 80 years not to have to share a room with this man. Please do not be in any hurry. But, 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 don't tell him I said that. And I think they got it kind of arranged that they would see each other during the day. But she was just waiting for 80 years to actually have her own space and not have to share a room with this fella. That's, um, we actually, uh, snoring was one of our pet peeves that we've talked about in the past. And there was a woman that killed her husband because he snored so loud that she could not sleep. And they were married for like over 20 years or something. It was for a really long time. And then she just was like, I have to go to sleep. But that sounds like the perfect situation for her was to move into a (laughs) home and have her own bedroom and get like a good, a good night's sleep for once. But but do you know, when I talk to people about you know, the sleeping arrangement, if somebody snores, it's a very common thing. Um, I always quote Winston Churchill, and he had his own separate bedroom. He'd have a little kind of um, bed in his kind of like study. Mm-hmm. And he would say that because he was a bit of an insomniac and he had depression, et cetera, et cetera. But he would always say that he would always go and sleep in his bed if he needed to, because it would it would just help the relationship with his wife. He was very, you know, cognizant of that. And I've said that to many, many people over the years. I've said, you know, when they, they talk about sleep issues, that's a real big thing that people come along with. Right. And we talk about how to deal with that. And often it is about the partner, not wanting to wake the partner up if you're being restless or, 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 or they're snoring or whatever. And, you know, we'll talk about how to, to, to best manage that. And, uh, you know, I can happily put my hand up and say that I've had many people sleep apart quite happily, <laughs> you know, which seems a daft thing to do. But it just means that if you can, you know what it's like when you have a baby, you have oh, to take yeah. it in turns to be able to sleep. <laughs> yeah. And it's no different for when you're an adult, you still need your proper sleep. Yeah, that's true. That's very well, true. Even- even as the person being pregnant, because I've had really bad heart for the last couple of days, I'll be sitting up and I'll be awake. And it even bothers me how 
nicely my husband's sleeping next to me like I'm sitting there and I'm like but this is your fault too and like you're gonna have a kid also like why do you get all the sleep so I just need to go into a separate room so I don't just sit there glaring at him for an hour yeah well he's probably not gonna change so yeah just go and or or just you know you're the pregnant one kick him out to the other room there you go I just can't watch you enjoy sleep so much right now Oh, that's pretty good. That's classic. <laughs> uh, another category we uh, put together was uh, stress inducers, uh, where there's like a, a big event uh, in life, such as moving, um, traveling, mm-hmm. vacations, even holidays, uh, money issues. The big one's cover. money, always. Money is a big one, yeah. Yeah, but those mm-hmm. things that aren't like necessarily um, all on the, the spouse or the significant other, but they're put in a situation where there's uh, undue stress and they just can't seem to handle it in that moment yeah yeah which it, it comes to that point where I often talk sorry to keep quoting what I, I do with my patients and clients but I, I often get people to think about you know we all carry around a little bucket with us a pail mm-hmm. and you know you call it our stress bucket and it gets to a point where it just overflows sometimes Sure, yeah, yeah. and that's the point where if you have a good relationship you're able to, you know, ideally the other person has mind read that you're having trouble with stresses. But if they haven't, poor, you know, <laughs> poor, poor them. But if they <laughs> haven't, you're able to tell them and you're able to hint that actually you need to take. Sometimes it can just be the tiniest amount of time out just so you can just de-stress or regather because stress, anxiety, whatever we want to call it, it's like, you know, a horse with blinkers. You can only see just just what's in front of you and you need to be able to get a better perspective to be able to deal with whatever the stressor is you know say you're packing for a holiday that's a typical thing isn't it with kids and stuff yeah yeah and you're running around trying to remember everything and and do everything and you just sometimes need to stop even though the plane's going to take off in you know three hours time you just need a few minutes to just stop and think what am i doing yeah yeah sometimes in those situations you sometimes need to just take a little break right just excuse yeah. yourself from, from the stress for a moment and then come back to it, which I, I think a lot of yeah. people just don't do. They don't want to. Well, it's you almost don't like feel you're giving like you, in. You don't feel like you have time. Like yeah. I always, this is a huge thing that I do, but I always think, well, if I stop and take a break, then like I'm cutting my time short and I'll have less time to do all the thousand things I have to do. When in reality, if I just stopped and took a break, then I'd come back and I'd probably do all of the things that I had to do way better. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah. Instead of just like throwing stuff around like a wild person. Yeah, yeah. It it is about managing yourself. It's about managing your expectations you have of yourself as well as your ability to do so. And don't be scared to delegate. You know, again, sorry, hint for you for when you get older with the kids. My kids from the age of, oh, I don't know, 10 onwards, everybody had their own suitcase. Pack Mm -hmm. your own suitcase. (laughs) I would help, of course. Right. But then that way... You know, but they're all carrying their own suitcase. They've all got their own stuff. And the responsibility is theirs. If they forget to pack, you know, enough underpants, then they'll have to deal with that. Then then if they pack clothes and then when you're on vacation, they don't want to wear those clothes, it's their own fault. It's not your fault that you didn't pack their favorite Mickey Mouse <laughs> yeah. shirt. As long as you make sure they have enough uh, underwear, then you're good. As long as they have toothpaste <laughs> yeah. and a toothbrush, <laughs> we're yep. good to yep. go. <laughs> Yeah, but it's all these little things. You know, you, it's about it, their abilities to 
to do things as a family and other halves as well. I can remember going on holiday years ago with my husband. We went to, I think we went to a wedding in Ireland or something like that. And he t and we turned up and he said, oh, where, where are my T-shirts and my pants, you know, underwear? <laughs> and I said, well, I don't know, where are T-shirts? And he had to go and buy some. <laughs> Didn't do that again. Oh, that's great. That's oh, great. yeah. We've, uh, my husband and I took my son on a trip down to San Diego to visit um, his great grandma and didn't bring his like pack and play so we got down to san diego and realized that our son who was only like one at the time had nothing to sleep in um so we had to go uh, rent one for the yeah. weekend <laughs> so that hasn't happened since either because i was like well i guess we'll just rent one and good luck <laughs> worked, out. worked out totally totally i had a friend who um she'd, she'd got divorced from her husband and they he used to see the the children every so often and you know through the the absolute disaster of their relationships he absolutely would not be told or advised about what they needed or anything and there was one time that they were meeting and he and um and she'd said oh don't forget you know she needs you know the daughter needs her coat to wherever they were going mm -hmm. and he you know ranted and raved you don't tell me what to do anymore ultimately ended up having to go to a shop to buy her a coat <laughs> yep. because, yeah she, she yeah she <laughs> But yeah, you know, I'm sure there's a little bit of a learning curve from him there, but probably not much. But anyway, anyway, far away. What, what else have we got then? So those were, that's really, um, oh, there's one more. Sorry, I can't read. Um, the last one is um, the, just having a connection. So whether it's like a physical or um, an emotional connection, um, sometimes people just feel like there's a lack of a connection. Um, I know sometimes when you get farther and have like a longer marriage just ignoring each other um sitting next to each other but both of you are looking at your phones um stuff like that can really wear on a relationship and we've seen people yeah, who have yeah no, totally again i had this lots, lots of times you know the, the people the more they're together you know to begin with kids kind of drive you apart physically because that's that's kind of what happens but then also you know you physically get apart because you have other interests you have you know as you said you're sitting there on your phones and stuff so i would try and encourage people if they want to to physically get together i had a couple who they both had their own kind of you know, sort of like TV chairs, if you like, but they were quite far apart from each other. So they re-altered their, their living room around mm -hmm. so they could stay in their respective chairs because that's where they wanted to be. But they put the chairs together. So sometimes it's it's just little practical arrangements like that. So there is a, a togetherness, but there isn't... Yeah, it's a, yeah you have to notice it because it's easy. You know, the drift can happen really yeah, slowly, yeah. but it, it, and it can become part of a fabric of a relationship even though you've not noticed it and you certainly didn't sign up for it but when you do you know if both of you are willing and that's the important thing you've both got to be willing to do to do something about it mm -hmm. yeah we have a, so, a love seat and i call it the uh, i don't love you as much as i did yesterday love seat because there's cup holders in the middle and there's like a, a console where you can open up and put remotes and magazines in there and so you're separated even though it's a love seat, you can't yeah. be next to each other. You can't cuddle. You can't uh, put a blanket over you and watch a, watch a movie. So, yeah, yeah, that little physical separation can make a make a big difference um, as you go through a relationship. Years and years and years of sitting ever so slightly apart. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you just have to know. But also, you know, people as individuals evolve. 
mm-hmm. and couples evolve. You know, you're, you, we're never going to be the same. You know, I, I've just celebrated, cough, cough, 26 years of being married. Awesome. And we're not the same people. That, Congrats. Oh, thank you very much. Um, we're not the same people that we were 26 years ago. And, and nor would we want to be either. So right. you have to just think about how, you know, you as an individual evolve and how your relationship, you know, is wrong. And things impact on it, as you say, houses, moving, children, more children. (laughs) (laughs) It all certainly impacts and makes a difference. But I think as long as you can kind of, you know, be roughly going in the same direction as as one another, I think that's what, you know, that's what's important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, but I think those peeves, you know, like you, you gave me the, the example of the, the woman that was really hacked off with her husband who wouldn't put the toilet seat down. Yep. I think that's probably indicative of other things that were going on in the relationship as well. Oh, probably. Yeah, that was oh, oftentimes. Yeah, I think your video froze. I still hear you okay, though. Uh, oh, okay, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. We often say that this is probably the, the straw that broke the camel's back and some deeper issues. Um, that woman, though, the police described her as um, psychotic and the police aren't always reliable, but they, they said the way in which she spoke about her husband without any lack of care or remorse was the most frightening thing they had ever seen. So in some cases, yeah. you know, there, there's there's some people who are just more inclined to that sort of uh, deviant and dangerous behavior, uh, whereas others... It, it, it's because of built up stress and anxiety and, and all these other factors. And speaking yeah, of stress yeah, yeah. and anxiety, as we talked about before we officially started the show briefly um, with the coronavirus and COVID-19 and keeping couples locked together, um, how do you think that'll impact couples already on the verge of problems or, you know, possibly violent issues and, and what can be done to, to help them? or Yeah. Give them yeah. No, no, totally. And, um, and, you know, unfortunately, I've heard about a, a few situations. The thing to do is it's it's not always as easy to say, but there is, you know, there are agencies or charities that there is help out there. And it mm-hmm. might be that, I don't know, we have um, a particularly really good ch- charity in the UK called Women's Aid. And they'll yeah, yeah. organise you being able to, I think you, you have the same there, don't you, where you can actually have an app that can't be seen by other people and there's no... Um, background to it and things like that if if your relationship is that bad is to be able to at some point just know that there you've got to get the help somewhere because it's not gonna it really isn't going to end otherwise or it's not going to end very well so make sure that you understand as much as you have probably been told that nobody cares there's nobody out there for you that's all part of a you know a controlling relationship but just letting them know and and getting some advice and it might be that you have to go to a public computer in the library or something but just something that you know what to do because sometimes these things take a bit of planning to be able to remove yourself and your children which they're you know often are safely this Mm -hmm. has to be done with with planning it can't just be done on a knee jerk because otherwise you'll end up going back or that person will get wind of what you're doing and mm-hmm. won't let you go. And that's where it, it can get particularly dangerous. So if you have a resource, if that's a charity, a, an agency, the police or whatever, that's brilliant. But if not, is there a member of your family or is there a friend or somebody, a neighbor that is able to, to act on your behalf to be able to help you? And that's something we've brought up 
um, in the past, uh, a few episodes ago, because we've been talking about this a lot recently since it's very top of mind of everyone, but just as a reminder to let people know, like those charities and like the, the battered women shelters, even though all of our restaurants and, you know, Disneyland and everything is shut down, those are all still open. So Mm -hmm. nobody should feel like because there's this coronavirus and because everything else is kind of shut down that they don't have those, you know, agencies or they don't have those resources as options. They're still there and definitely available to be used. No, no, totally. We had some figures out yesterday that um, one of our major, um, you know, women's charities, uh, Refuge, was saying about how many more calls they'd had over the, you know, the three months lockdown period because it is intense. It is really, really intense. And that at least that level of, of um, relief when that person leaves the house or you leave the house has been denied for so many people. And Mm -hmm. I think there's been a lot of, you know, putting up because they've they've had to, but you know, things it's, I think it's maybe highlighted to other people as well, that this, you know, their relationship isn't right. And what do they do about it? They want to make sure that they, you know that it, it it it's done, but it's done. You know, I can't emphasize enough that sometimes these things have got to be done in a real. You know, often these things have to be done in a really safe way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, look look at the resources of what's out there. Do you have a national line? You know, like we're very national in the UK. Do you have national lines and charities that people can approach? Oh yeah, yeah, there are. I would say there are probably more. Well, there's probably an equal amount of national and local, depending on where you are. Uh, like our local yeah. community, we have a lot of supportive services for people in need, whether it be um, for like domestic violence or financial and, and all of those big mm-hmm. those big stress-inducing things in your life that can um, cause problems in other parts of your life. Uh, I think locally we have a lot of support in our community, but nationally as well. Yeah, there is a national domestic violence hotline as well that um, you can call. So, and then I, I believe it seems like they'll link you up with, you know, those groups or those resources that are in your area that can more directly help you. Yeah, no, no, good. No, no, it's important. Yeah, because I think it has. I think the whole lockdown everywhere has, has highlighted, you know, good stuff as well. Can't be mm-hmm. that, you know, the fact that you've managed to get through it. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's even for people who have like wonderful or good relationships, it's just hard um i was used to going to work every day and my husband would go to work every day and you know both of us working from home and then not going anywhere or seeing you know our friends or anything like that like it just gets it just gets hard it just gets hard seeing the same person 24 7 every single day for like six months straight it does Mm -hmm. it does and you know i'm putting out the um you know the the, the rubbish bins out the front for the garbage man to collect can seem like a holiday. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely <laughs> going true. Going on um, a solo walk by yourself. Like, I'm just going to walk around the block. It's like the best thing that's happened. <laughs> just getting out and seeing the sun uh, sometimes, working from home in the same room for, you know, all day. And then you can go out and see the sun and feel the breeze. Like, that's a that's a break now. Yeah. Which is, yeah. It's, it's, it's nice and it's also kind of, strange so i I, I have to uh, i have to ask you before we conclude uh what do you think of our hypothetical murder concept uh we call it like a cathartic 
cathartic es- escape. Do um, we do we call it? I don't that? know. I can't say the word <laughs> cathartic very well, but um, or like writing an angry letter, letter you never send, and, and we do it with the intent of adding some sensational comedy to to our show. Um, but and, right. you know, we often have some some research on how deadly things can be that are related to a pet peeve, like Christmas time. We talked about how fast Christmas trees can go up. Um, and how dangerous they can be, and then we extrapolate that and say, well, that could that could be used for a hypothetical murder. What what do you think of that concept? Is it are we healthy people or not healthy people? <laughs> I think I'm going to be really diplomatic here and I say I think you're you're imaginative people. Well, that's very true. We that's are probably imaginative. imaginative and creative. I would say. <laughs> I, th- I think we all have. You know, it's all part. You know, I'm, you know, you know, Freud would have a field day here. But it's all part of our dark fantasies. We all maintain a, a fantasy, you know, lots of fantasies. And some of them are a little bit on the dark side. But I think, you know, as long as they're kept just, you know, in our heads, it, it's not an unhealthy outlet. It's when, right. we, you know, if we were all to go around with, you know, Stepford wives like Rick, Richard smiles on our faces and go, everything's fine, everything's fine, everything's fine then it's clearly not. And we've joked as well that like our spouses are probably some of the safest because we actually couldn't carry out any sort of murder plan that we had because we've done all this research and we've posted like on the internet. Yeah, it's all public everywhere. And they would be like, well, it was obviously them. (laughs) Yeah, we've had a similar thought where, where I think anyone in a serious relationship at some point enters their brain, even if it's not a real thought or like, Oh, I just want to kill them because they didn't do X, Y, Z, or they forgot to do, uh, you know, yeah. a chore or something. Like I could just kill them, and so we all have those those thoughts. And, and our goal is to uh, kind of bring those to light and let people know it's it's okay to be angry, um, but yeah. you should you should deal with that in a healthy way. Yes. Well, I think I think it's okay. I'll, I'll slightly move that a tiny bit. It's okay to feel angry. No, mm-hmm. don't be angry. But it's okay to to feel angry and a bit hacked off and a bit, um, you know, annoyed that that person hasn't been able to mind read your, you know, your wants for what you want from the the grocery store or you know. Your <laughs> we did that. Rolls we did that like two weeks ago. We just <laughs> talked about that. That's so funny. <laughs> uh, spouses buying something for themselves at the grocery store, but not thinking about their their significant other. Exactly, and you could get really deep with this because you could start going, well, actually. You haven't bought me my cinnamon rolls or toilet rolls or whatever it is, you know, that you're, you're after, and and you could then start thinking, but what is it about me? What am I, what, what are you saying about me? Because you're ignoring me. And right, right. Often it, it's not that deep. It really isn't. <laughs> but at that moment, it feels deep. It feels that you're being completely ignored and you're not good enough to be remembered. And all they all they've done and not thought that you would like. Uh, um, some cookies or something. Thing. Yeah, yeah, so, that's for sure. Yeah, so yeah, it's 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 healthy. You know, we can't all be perfect, and no no relationship is perfect, and certainly no partnership is perfect. But acknowledging that, and you know, and if there are wrinkles and stuff, then yeah, sure. You know, put yourself in a position to to be able to work on them, and that's just about talking about things, being honest with each other. But then at the same time, we all do need to keep some, you know, our own thoughts to ourselves as well. So don't share absolutely everything, yep. especially the want to murder your spouse. <laughs> well, just uh, what was our one tagline? Uh, committing hypothetical murder so you don't have to. 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I think it's when, you know, nobody's ever, I'm trying to think, you know, luckily the people that I've, I've worked with that have killed other people are, are, are fairly few and far between. But when I've spoken to people when they thought about mm-hmm. committing some kind of killing, you often say, is this a thought or have you taken any action? You know, because from the, you know, as much as this is our sessions are very confidential and all that, from the community point of view, I have to, and responsibility, I have to be able to tell. And of course, it's, you know, it's never anything. It's just that. And it's often just a relief to be able to talk to somebody about quite how they feel against somebody and not necessarily be judged for it because we all, you know, put it in context as well. And, I get this from, you know, you might get somebody that comes along and they'll say, um, oh, God, you know, I look at my in-laws, say, for instance, and they're perfect. They've never had a crossword. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just in front seen. of you they are, yeah. yeah the yeah, second yeah, yeah. that door closes. Good a few years. Uh, after a few years, the in-laws will open up and you'll see the truth. <laughs> yeah, oh, you do. In all honesty, you do get people that believe, usually one side of a relationship, that believe that they've had the most perfect relationship for 50 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just the and, other and person's the been other giving one, in. And if, you know, sort of like did a bit of, you know, sodium pentothal and tried to get the real truth out of them, that wouldn't be the answer they <laughs> For sure. They've just, they've just put up with empty toilet rolls and, um, you know, tea bags in the dishwasher. <laughs> Well, any other Definitely. parting thoughts then before we conclude the episode? Um, I'm, I'm trying to think. I think, do you know what? I think, especially, I, I think it's emphasized after what, you know, the entire globe has gone through these last few months. I think what is important is giving yourself space. And whether you go and hug a tree or run a few miles or just go to the shops and or, or anything or just... Put yourself in a space. And I think it's really important when you've got young children, so this mm-hmm. is a hint for you guys, to make sure that your your partner is, is doing their bit just to say, oh, look, you know, you take the kids or I'll take the kids. You just go and, and do whatever it is you want to do for an hour or, or so. Read a book, watch a, you know, something on Netflix, anything yeah. at all, but sure. just to be able to do that. And chaps are very good at engineering a situation that gives them the space that they've got yeah. But they don't kind of see that they should do it for, you know, they're, they're not, not doing it out of maliciousness or anything, but they don't often see it that they should do it because they think, hey, she's happy with the kids. Why why, why would I want to interfere with that? Oh, here, have, have another sock that's just mowed the lawn. <laughs> well, I think then on that note, we'll wrap it up. Great advice. Uh, it was a pleasure to have you. Uh, as I said before, you can find Dr. Jane with her True Crime podcast, Uh, True Crime, Why Killers Kill, um, and at Why Killers Kill podcast with with periods in between each word uh, on Instagram. And it's it's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, no, it's great. Yeah, so we had a bit of a clunky start, didn't we? (laughs) Who was inviting who, but we got there in the end. And remember, while marriage is messy, murder is messier.